Hey, what's happening, good people? This is your boy, Amar Rashad, and welcome to the Beard Always Wins podcast. Yes, the Beard Always Wins. It's a movement. It's a lifestyle. But more importantly, it's a podcast. And when I told you I was going to be recording more often, and guess what? Here it is, the second episode in four days. Yes, I am here. I'm back at it. And it's going to be better than ever. So uh, first off, just thank you to everybody who has supported and continues to support The Beard Always Wins. And listen, we got a, we're going to talk about a, a few things today. We got Avengers Endgame. We got Aquaman. Uh, we got the college bowl season. And also a big recruiting recruiting win for my dogs, UGA. And also, um, one other thing, we're going to talk about the king of R&B. Like, who is the king of R&B? And let's start the show off with that. Um, now, the king, Jack Jacquezy, uh, Jacquez, I don't know how to say his name, uh, not to be confused with my, my good friend Jacquez, but R&B performer Jacquez recently came out and stated that he is the king of this generation's R&B. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm not too in tune with today's music landscape, but... I know who people are. And Jaquez, I only know him from doing a couple of remakes. And he had the one song with uh, Def Lo. Dej Lo, I think. I can't say her name. But um, in the club. That's the only one I know of him. And he wants to say he's the king of R&B. If I had to choose the king of R&B um, for this generation's, it, it has to be Chris Brown. Um, if it's not Chris Brown's, then maybe Trey Songs. Or if it's not Trey Songs, then maybe it's Miguel. Um... But I know it's not Jacquezy. I don't, I, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Because, see, here's the thing. In order to be the king of something, people have to know you. And I don't think many people know who Jacquezy is. I don't, Jacquezy hasn't crossed over yet. I'm, I, I know he's way more famous than I am. But still, he hasn't crossed over yet. So we're, we're just going to pump the brakes on right there. And, I'm, and, and, and I've been on Facebook and I've been seeing people say, what well, is R. Kelly? R. Kelly is the king of R&B. Yeah, he might be. I'm not quite sure on that. Um, He he, he might be the king of R&B. I I don't know. But I remember Bobby Brown said he was. And and they used to have the, uh, I think uh, Chris Tucker had that joke, the king of what, rocks and blunts. uh, When Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston uh, got rested dead, said, Introduce Bobby Brown as the king of R&B. But um, nevertheless, the king of R&B, who is it? I, I really don't know. I really don't know. But what I do know is that, um, you know, Chris Brown has catalog. Chris Brown has performances. And Chris Brown has the hits to solidify himself as this generation's king of R&B. So I'm thinking around with Chris Breezy. And Chris Breezy actually uh, responded. And, hey, who knows? Maybe Jack Weezy will one day but usurp Chris Brown and become the, this generation's king of R&B if there is such a title. Um, maybe that happens. I don't know. I don't know. But I just like that one that one song in the club with Dej Loaf. That's the one song I do like. Now, um, also, since we're in the music news, um, Meek Mill's uh, released Championship. And it's been getting rave reviews. I haven't got a chance to listen to it but today i will listen to mick mills championship now i did see him on funk, funk master flex's uh freestyle session and dude killed it dude has always had bars dude has always rapped he just kind of chose the wrong beef with drake and drake just body him so we will we'll see how this comeback is but you know what the thing is, is that the people are really embracing uh meek mills and 
if he makes good music, then rightfully so. I'm going to go check it out. And on the next episode, we'll talk about Meek Mill's championships. Um, also, since we're staying in the music business right now, and this is the last thing, um, it seems like Cardi B and Offset has broken up. Um, and my response is, okay. You know, it's kind of sad because they do got a kid together. And that's the only thing that I can think of. But, yeah, they broke up. And it appears to be headed for a divorce. Only time will tell. Um, it's news because it's news. And everybody's talking about it. So why not me talk about it? Well, I could. Yeah. Anyway, that's about as much life as I'm going to get into that. Because something big has happened, too, especially in my world. Um, so if you all know that, you know that I love Naruto. I love Bleach. I love One Piece. I love My Hero Academia. I love, um, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, not Fairy Tale, but uh, Seven Deadly Sins. I love all these are all um manga and animes that I watch. And the big news is that now Shonen Jump is going to be free. You can download the app and you can read the newest episodes for free. And this is big because like uh, most of the times the the um the the chapters, the, the newest chapters they come out on a Monday in Japan and over here in America, uh we don't get them until Friday. And most of the time we have to go to places like Manga Stream, Manga Fox, Manga Here to read them after they've been translated. And so now we actually get the source material for free. And now if you want all the backlog, then it's uh two ninety nine a month, which I think is really good because that's cheaper than DC and Marvel is monthly. Uh so that's really big and like if you love anime, you love manga, listen, Shonen Jump is going to be free. And that's really, really big because um I I I give you an example like uh, my favorite uh, one of my favorite mangas to read was Bleach and Bleach was canceled because it was not as popular in Japan as it was in the United States. Uh, Bleach has a really really um, it it was really good but it just fell from grace uh, out of the big three. The big three used to be Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach or One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach depending on when you were reading it. Um, Naruto has ended and One Piece is going on strong as ever. there in Wano, uh, we finally got to see Kaido versus Luffy. Amazing fight, uh, even though he one shot at Luffy. But never the, nevertheless, though, um, Bleach was Bleach held his own, and the ending of Bleach got rushed, and so we missed out a lot on a lot of content that we uh, may have had. And now um, there have been some light novels that have been published um, when it's coming to Bleach, and it might come back. And and I, and I got just got a feeling if they had this format. Um, I'm pretty sure they they would have saw that. Hey, it might not be as popular in Japan, but it's big, it's big over here in the United States because like I don't even see One Piece on uh, like uh, Cartoon Network, but I used to see Bleach and Naruto. So we'll we'll see exactly where this coming, what's what's gonna happen with that. But yeah, two ninety nine, you get to read the backlog. Um, yeah, it's it's if if you like anime, you like manga, uh, that's gonna be the move now. Big news, uh, and next, well, I'm going to get to the bigger news. Uh, Aquaman is coming out on the 21st of December. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really, I think I'm going to go check out Aquaman. Now, out of all the DC movies, out of all the DC movies, Aquaman, um, the only one that has been really been really, really good has been Wonder Woman. Um, Superman, Man of Steel. Uh, and I'm talking about post, um, the post-Batman trilogy. Uh, Man of Steel was... Uh, it was okay. Um, Batman v Superman was uh, uh, Justice League was okay. Wonder Woman amazing. And so 
I don't know how Aquaman's gonna go, but I'm I'm interested to see how um, Jason Momoa's portrayal of Arthur Curry because see all. Aquaman gets a lot of backlash because of how he was portrayed like in the early 80s like all he did was ride a giant seahorse and talk to fish but Aquaman is can hold his own against the top tier of in, in DC Comics and Aquaman is something to be feared I'm telling you right now I hope I hope this movie is really really good and it, right now the special effects seems to be on point from what I've seen uh, as far as the previews and the trailers. So we'll we'll see. But Aquaman, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, now, big news, big news, big news. Avengers Endgame trailer released over the weekend. And I'm ex- super excited. I'm super excited because it's what I want to see. Listen, when we last left the MCU, right? Um, Ant-Man aside, when we last left the MCU, um, it was right after Thanos' snap that wiped out 50% of the population. And, like, for once, the heroes didn't win, which I love, because it stayed true to the comic. Well, so much. Not to... Not directly. It it wasn't as true to the comics, because at the point in time when they were making it... uh, they didn't have the rights to, um, to like the X Men and Fantastic Four. So, but the one thing I, I will say is that is that when you look at the trailer, when you look at the trailer, what you're going to see um, is his cap is shaved. Tony uh, Stark is drifting in space. Um, you're gonna see Ant Man reappear. And you see Hawkeye. Hawkeye was missing from the last, from the last, um, from the last movie. We didn't see Hawkeye at all, but he reappears as Ronan. And Ronan um, has been a moniker that's been held by a, a few other characters, but it's not the same Hawkeye. And I want, I, I can't wait to see how this is gonna play out. I got a feeling the quantum realm, what Ant Man's in. That um that he escaped from, how to get out of that? We don't know, but I got a feeling that's gonna have something to do with the plot, um, the plot point. And so, Avengers Endgame. I'm just waiting for the next trailer to come out. And now um oh, also, me and my family we went to go see Wreck It Ralph two. Uh, Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet, and I encourage you all to take your kids to go see that. Uh, it was really really good. I really enjoyed Wreck It Ralph two. Um. Yeah, just go see Record Route 2. It was it was it was good. It was really really good, and it was well worth um, the money that that uh, we spent to take them to go see um, Record Route. Now it's bowl season, guys, and there are there are a lot of bowls, um, a lot of bowls being played. But as I looked at the the schedule, I only saw. About one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven, seven games that are really worth watching. Um, the rest of the games are like, okay, I don't really care about these teams. But the games um, that are really worth watching, you know, they, they it's about seven of them. And, 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 of course, let's go ahead. Let's get this out of the way. So, of course, you got the semifinals. You got Clemson and Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. You got Bama and Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. I'm telling you right now, I'm picking Notre Dame and I'm going to pick Bama. I don't know why I'm picking Notre Dame. I don't know why. But I think I need an upset, and I need to go out on a limb. So I'm going to pick Notre Dame. Smart Money says pick Clemson, 
but I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. I think no, I think Notre Dame can actually. They have the defense and they have the running game and the quarterback play to give Clemson a run for the money. So I'm gonna pick Notre Dame. I'm gonna pick Notre Dame now. Alabama and Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Alabama, um, it's a no-brainer. You pick Bama. Bama is going to destroy Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they were close last year in the Orange Bowl. Uh, last year in the Rose Bowl against Georgia. Nah, it ain't. It's not happening this time. Alabama is going to destroy Oklahoma. Oklahoma might score 21, 28 points, but Alabama's going to score like 80 if they want to. I'm telling you this right now. That's what's going to happen. Now, on to the Peach Bowl. You got Florida versus Michigan. Now, these are two two teams. Uh, Florida's rebuilding, and Michigan is, looks like they're just trying to hold on. Michigan had a promising, uh, you know, of course, they, they lost to Notre Dame early in the season, but then they went on this tear. But then they got destroyed by Ohio State. Now, here's the thing, right? Michigan is in line to, to land several big-time recruits. Several big-time recruits. But here's the thing. Jim Harbaugh, he might be a little overrated in the coaching department. I know, he, listen, you don't have to tell me. I know what he did out there in Stanford. I know what he did at San Diego State. I know what he did in San Francisco. Took them to the, took them to the um, Super Bowl, but he couldn't win it. Couldn't win it at all. And now he's at Michigan, and he's just been good. Uh, like just slightly above average teams. Like he really had the chance to. All he had to do was beat Ohio State, and I guarantee you, if he beats Ohio State, Michigan would, would have beaten North Northwestern, and Michigan might be in playing Alabama instead of Oklahoma if that would have happened. But it didn't happen. Then you got Florida, who's uh, this is Dan Mullen's first year, and Florida has they still don't have a quarterback. Felipe Franks has played a lot better, but they just don't have the quarterback play. And so if you got to ask me if I got to pick somebody, I'm going with Michigan in this one. Now, Kentucky and Penn State. Now, these were two teams who had both had promising starts, but Kentucky just fell off. And they're in the Citrus Bowl, guys. Um, Kentucky just kind of fell off, and Penn State fell off early. Kentucky collapsed late. They uh, lost the um, – who they lose? They lost the A&M, and then they got – my dogs, like, just beat them down. And when that happened, it's just like, uh, you know. But this is going to be an interesting game because I want to see how these teams respond. And they're in the bowl game. And Kentucky is, look, Bob Stoops is trying to build something there. And it's a predominantly basketball school. But Kentucky, if they win and they, they, and they look good winning, that's good for Kentucky. That means they're going to land better recruits and be able to recruit more better. Penn State, on the other hand, I don't know what to say about Penn State. Uh, James Franklin, uh, it seems like after Saquon Barkley left, it's been been kind of trying to find its footing. Uh, Trace McSorley, who was a good quarterback, um, he was banged up. Does he play in this in, in the uh, Citrus Bowl? Citrus Bowl, we don't know. Um, then we move on to LSU versus the defending national champions, University of Central Florida. Nah, I'm playing. Central Florida's not. They are not the defending national champions. I don't care what how many parades they have at Disney World. They are not it. But they play LSU, and LSU's coming off of a heartbreaker um, to to Texas A&M. And I say that because they scored like 70 points. That was a 
that was one of the better games of the year. And I'm I'm all for defense and everything, but that was a good game. It was a good game. I was up watching that game and I fell asleep on it. Cause it kept going on and on and on and on and on. But yeah, it ended up being a really good game. And LSU just looking to rebound. Uh, LSU's looking to hold on to some big name recruits. And by beating UCF, I, I think it'll make a statement that maybe UCF is not quite ready. Um, and, and I get it. You only play the teams that you play that's on your schedule. You only play them in the conference that you're in. Maybe UCF should join the ACC. Maybe. Maybe they let them in. Maybe. Who knows? But UCF, that's going to be a very interesting game. Then you got Washington versus Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Listen, Ohio State has a lot going on. Urban Meyer set to retire after this game, and I think it's, I think he deserves it. Um, there's a lot of controversy surrounding his name, especially at the start of the year. Now, um, Washington, on the other hand, they lost to LSU and they end up winning the, they end up winning the um, the Pac-12. But it's still one of those things. Hey, these are two teams that are looking just to, to, to secure their footing. So I think there's going to be a really, really game. Now, on to my dogs, Texas versus UGA. Listen, uh, I don't think Texas is very good. I think Texas is they're ranked number 15 for a reason. They probably could, probably could be, you know, 15 is about the highest you can rank Texas at this point in time. Now, Texas did beat Oklahoma by three, but then they got beat. They got beat pretty handily um, in the Big 12 championship by Oklahoma. And Georgia, who's coming off a loss, uh, one that they should not have had, but they're coming off of a loss and they're going back to the Sugar Bowl. Now, this is significant because this is the first time in a long time that Georgia has played in back-to-back New Year's Day Bowls. Uh, They played in the Rose Bowl last year and they're playing in the Sugar Bowl this year. This is the first time this happened since Herschel Walker and Buck Balloon. This, this is the first time it's happened since then. So this is a big thing, big deal for Georgia. And I think Georgia's going to win that game. You know, um, that's, just, that's just my prediction. Now, um, the one, one other thing that I, I, sell, I told you we had some big news for Georgia. And Georgia just went and signed, uh, well, they didn't sign him yet, but Clay Webb has committed to Georgia over the University of Alabama. Now, we hadn't beat him on the field, but right now it looks like we're uh, beating Alabama on the recruiting trail. Why is this big for Georgia? Because Clay Webb was the number one, or not was, but is the number one recruit coming out of the state of Alabama. Clay Webb is, uh, I think he's going to start out, out playing guard and eventually transition to center. But and it, that kind of makes sense because it actually makes a whole lot of sense because now you can slide Trey Hill back over the guard, put him in, the, in at center, uh, but maybe not. Maybe next year, uh, 2020, who knows? We'll see. But that, yeah, that that's be a really good line. Uh, yeah, Andrew Thomas and Wilson at the tackles, Ben Cleveland, Trey Hill at the guards, and um, or Ben Cleveland might leave. So you got Trey Hill and Kate, Kate Mays. And then at center, you got this, this dude here. So we'll see. Clay Webb, big, big, big news. For Georgia, for Georgia on the recruiting trail. Now, um, one of the things that I get asked a lot, and I, I want to put this here. Uh, one of the things I really get asked asked a lot is, why is Alabama so good? Why could Alabama be beat? Well, yes, Alabama can, can be beat. They lost last year to Auburn. Georgia has taken them down to the wire. But what has made Alabama so good? I'm gonna tell you, and. This is going to also is the same reason that Georgia is going to continue to have success um, 
is recruiting. Recruiting. Alabama, what you have to realize, Nick Saban, I think he started coaching there in 2007, so it's been 12 years, but he has just stockpiled recruit after recruit after recruit. I say it all the time, Alabama, they don't rebuild, they just simply reload. They just put another round in the chamber and bam, these guys are ready to go. And, and they get developed. And also, they have a continuity in the coaching staff. They promote from within the system rather than going out trying to find the latest big names. And I think that's what George is going to be doing as well. Now, um, here's the thing about Alabama, though. Like, while, while Georgia has had top 10 classes forever, where they lacked that was always amongst the offensive line and the defensive line, something that Alabama has done well. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, forget about – the, the 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 thousands of yards that get rushed and the thousands of yards that get thrown and received, it all starts in the trenches. The nasty boys, that's what I call them. The defensive line and the O-line, that's where it starts. And you got to control the line of scrimmage to be successful. And that's what Alabama's doing. And that's what Georgia is uh, training to do. They've, they've had, the last couple of years, Georgia has, Focus heavily on the deep on the offensive line. Missed out on some big D line recruits, um, but they found a gym in Jordan Davis. Uh, they Tresmon Marshall is coming. They got Devontae Wyatt. Uh, he's going to be in the mix. Um, even next year, uh, they'll have J Rock and Tyler Clark if they choose to come back, which I think they should. Um, and then you got big Jordan Davis in the middle. Wow. Georgia it has a recipe, and then not to mention the the, uh, the linebackers where you're going to have Monty Rice, uh, Adam Anderson, and Channing Tindall, and my man Tay Crowder, who has been a pleasant surprise. I'm telling you right now, Georgia is primed to make a run. If you go back and listen to any of the podcasts where I talk about Georgia, just go back and listen to it. The one thing that I've been consistent at saying is that Georgia, 2019, is when Georgia will actually start to be a legitimate contender. Right now, I think we're just we're we're ahead of schedule. Last year put us ahead of schedule, but that is just a testament of Kirby Smart and his coach to, to Kirby Smart and his coaching staff. Now, with that being said, I can't wait to next year. I can't wait to sign a day, early signing day. I can't wait. I can't wait to be back at G Day. I'm gonna be at G Day this year. Me, my son, my father in law, we're all going to G Day. We went last year, and this is going to be our yearly trip. And, yeah, I'm excited, mainly because of Avengers War and Free Shonen Jump and Aquaman. But both season, I normally don't care about the other 30-odd um, bowl games that don't really matter. But the seven I just rattled off, these are teams that are um, – these are your top teams, and they're going to be playing each other. So why not get excited for bowl season? Now, with that being said, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. And like I said before, thank you all for supporting The Beard Always Wins. I really, really, really and truly appreciate it. And I need you to keep supporting. So um, before I go, uh, I just always, as always, you know, put God first in your life. May the odds always be in your favor. Live long and prosper. Stay golden, pony boy. And as always, go dogs. This is Armand Rashad. The Beard Always Wins. It's a movement. It's a lifestyle. But more importantly, it's a podcast and one that you should be listening to. And for the ones who are listening, I just want to say thank you. Peace. Y'all have a great, great and blessed week.